Stock market took off on Wednesday, and in particular, Texas Instruments stock did, too, after the Tuesday night release of earnings. The earnings were good. The projections seemed good. Revenues seemed good. It also seems like a great time to be in the business of selling semiconductors, which, interestingly, is exactly what Rafael Lazardi does. He's the chief financial officer of TI. Joined us right now. It's good to have you with us. Hi, David. Good to be here. So, so it, it, so it is good to be you, right? The, the whole world wants semiconductors. They can't get, it. and even in fact, even the Commerce Department is saying we've got a shortage of semiconductors. So we're we're excited about the long term trends uh, uh, in the semiconductor space. Just so many uh, electronics are uh, are using semiconductors, and the semiconductor content growth continues, uh, and that is really across the board. But as you know, we focus on industrial and automotive. And those areas in particular uh, have uh, a lot of uh, legs uh, to go. So one of the concerns, and we talked about this the last time we spoke, is that everybody wants semiconductors. They're worried about double ordering. And then all of a sudden we're going to end up with semiconductors up to our eyeballs. And, you, you know, in, in, instead of a lag time of whatever it is, five days right now, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be 30 seconds. But it looks like with you know, with the adoption of semiconductors in so many different items and the increasing demand, it's going to be a long time before before we have a glut. Well, you know, um, there will be a slowdown at some point, and there will, this, this has happened for decades, and I, I don't think it's going to stop happening where all of a sudden we go from having not enough to, to too much. Uh, so we'll deal with that when the time comes. Uh, but uh, what we what we get really excited about is the long term. We'll go through these ups and downs, but if you if you graph it over over five, ten, twenty years, we expect uh, semiconductor growth to continue happening with more and more things becoming electrified, more uh, need for uh, energy efficient uh, products, energy efficient cars, electric cars, industrial uh, um, uh, building automation and things of that sort that uh, they just use a lot of semiconductors. So we get we get excited about that. Well, and y'all been ramping up the Richardson, the second Richardson fab plant here for a long while, and I, I gather it's getting ready to come online. I know you're working on one in Utah, and of course, one of the most exciting things we heard about a couple of months ago was this this long term plan in Sherman, uh, maybe up to thirty billion dollars worth of construction going on up there. Looking at the long term. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So we uh, today we have two 300 millimeter factories here in uh, North Texas, uh, R51 and Demos 6. Uh, and 300 millimeter, that's the the state of the art. That's the biggest wafer that gives you economies of scale. Uh, you also tend to have your your best process technology uh, uh, on those. So we have two of those. We're building a third one, R52, which is right next to R51. It's in the same complex right there on a on Renner Road in Richardson. And then we just acquired a factory in Utah, uh, Lehigh, Utah. We call it Alpha for for Lehigh, and that's also 300 millimeter. And that's uh, that's an existing factory where we have to qualify it. It'll be ready in 2023, <clears throat> and R52 will be ready in the middle of this year. And then beyond that, as you alluded to, we announced that we're going to develop as many as four factories in Sherman, all four 300 millimeter state of the art. In fact, even bigger than the RFAP2 that I, that I talked about earlier. So that's really going to set us up for the next uh, 15 to 20 years. You know, everybody's ramping up. I've seen, who was it, Intel, of all places, were going into Ohio the other day. Samsung, you know, talking about building up outside of Austin. Uh, 
I think Taiwan Semiconductor in Arizona. I mean, on the one hand, this has got to be because of the increased demand. But on the other hand, it looks like they're trying to onshore. You guys are trying to onshore all this production here so you don't have the the variables of, you know, what may or may not happen in, in other parts of the world, the politics of it. Well, I'll, I'll speak for TI, uh, you know, Intel, and they, they have different uh, approaches. But for us, uh, uh, what we call the front end, which is the wafer fabs, that has largely been in the United States. We have uh, we have a factory in Germany. We have a couple in Japan that are very good. We actually have one in China as well. But the bulk of our production has been and continues to be in the United States. That's because the labor force here is great, uh, and, and it's not just the the cost of the labor force. It's really what they can produce. So you have top engineering talent uh, here. You also have great access uh, to capital uh, and energy. Energy in Texas is uh, uh, is low cost. It's reliable, despite the winter storm uh, concerns of last year. It's generally uh, very reliable. Uh, so the the you know a lot of the the elements that you need for investment are here on the front end. The back end, which is where we assemble the once you have a wafer, you cut it in little pieces, as many as fifty thousand little uh, parts that come out of a wafer. That assembly test has been and will continue to be done overseas. We have factories in the Philippines, Malaysia. Uh, Mexico and uh, Taiwan, uh, China, and uh, that 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 makes sense to uh, to have overseas in a diversified fashion. So you have uh, some optionality and flexibility, but uh, but that will continue to be overseas. But the front end, which is highly technical, high skill, uh, that's where we're growing uh, and will continue to grow in the United States. Let me ask you something, I, and maybe this is a dumb question, but but <laughs> let me give you the the setup. Somebody asked Elon Musk. The other day, I said, well, how could you continue to produce automobiles when everybody, all the other manufacturers couldn't because they couldn't get access to chips? And he said, well, we do our own software. And so what we've done is we've re-engineered the software so we can it can use chips that are available. So on the other hand, reverse, can your chips, I mean, if you make chips, can they only be used for a specific purpose for a, you know, for a Wi-Fi unit or you know, for a Chevrolet automobile, or can your chips be adjusted like that for other uses? Yeah, so the majority of our chips, I would say 70% or so, they are what we call catalog, which means they can be used in many applications. Um, so, uh, uh, and many different customers can use them. Uh, we have, we sell about 100,000 different products. So think about 70,000 of those uh, fit that description. Of course, within some limits, Right? But, but when you have such a broad uh, portfolio, you can pretty much have anything, uh, everything that, you know, Tesla or any, any major customer or, or small customer uh, would need. And, you know, to that comment that, that he made, yeah, sometimes, you know, for various reasons, you have more inventory, more capacity in one type of product versus another type of product. And uh, what he has pointed out is that hey, when, when the customer has the flexibility to be able to switch, their board, their product to a, instead of use a, uh, you know, an LDO, a linear regulator that, that uses this voltage, well, if you can uh, switch your board a little bit so it uses a slightly different voltage, you can take advantage of products that is potentially more readily available and continue your production. So apparently they have done that, uh, and we have seen other customers. But do doesn't that this help you uh, avoid the, the glut? I mean, if, if somebody is double ordering, or I don't know, it's a, segment sort of goes out of business you could shift over and use them in other areas um yeah to some degree now there, there's always 
if there's double ordering going on, and, and frankly, it is it is it is not on. Uh, uh, it, it is common in this type of situation for customers to order more. I mean, we all do it. Yeah. Right? If, if things are short, you just order one more of what you need, and that one more down the chain because we're so far down the supply chain turns into a lot more uh, when it gets to that. Wait, uh, this is like it's so like buying toilet paper at Sam's, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if it's happening, we'll deal with it at, at some point and uh, generally takes a quarter or two to kind of flush through the system and, and then uh, we're off and going. So I'm, I'm not I'm, you know, I'm not concerned about it. All right. Well, look, uh, congratulations on a, on a great quarter. So so when does this second fab that we've been watching under construction for the last, it seems like 30 years in Richardson, when does that come online? Well, I think we broke ground in uh, in 2020. So, <laughs> see, I told you the, that, that was a long that was so, pre-pandemic. It was a long time ago. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, it will actually start uh, production out to customers in third quarter. So that's been an unprecedentedly fast yeah. uh, ramp uh, that we've had in qualification. Uh, so we're very excited about that. So third quarter we'll start production there. First quarter of 23. We'll start production out of the Lehigh factories and the Sherman uh, factories. We're going to break ground on those this year. Production on those will start probably in 2025. Wow. Big growth phase going on at a, at a very good time. Rafael Lazardi is chief financial officer of Texas Instruments. Again, congratulations on a great quarter, and thank you for the time. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080. KRLD.